Brandon. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Brian. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. No worries. No worries. Thanks for jumping on. How's everything over at Hyperice? We're busy. I just went through a rebrand a few months ago, so now we're racing into the end of the year. The holiday season is always busy for us. We got a lot of excited athletes and fitness enthusiasts out there looking to get their wellness technology before the end of the year. Yeah, I tell you what, I've been using Hyperice. I think I first started using Hyperice when you guys first came out with the, the vibrating foam roller, I believe. Shoot, that's probably over 10 years ago, I think. I actually, I remember the, the coach that I was working with being super excited because it was a vibrating foam roller and no one had it. And it was like sort of new technology. And he was so pumped on getting our athletes to use it. Well, listen, man, I'm super delighted you're on today, but it, to kick things off, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and, and what you do as the director of BizDev over at Hyperice. Yeah, awesome. So I actually came to Hyperice by way of acquisition from another technology and company that you're familiar with uh, called Normatech, which are the pneumatic compression sleeves that a lot of athletes are wearing um, nowadays. A lot of people call them moon boots or the inflatable leg sleeves that you'll see a lot of athletes and celebrities wearing in the training room or, or at home on their couch. So I was with Normatech for six years prior to coming to Hyperice, again, by way of acquisition, literally a week before the pandemic officially started. And I kind of got into to Normatech. I was a, a track and field athlete in college, graduated from Northeastern University with a degree in business and went down to, to New York, did the whole Wall Street thing for about 18 months and pretty quickly decided that wasn't going to be for me and really wanted to get back into the business and fitness industry. And luckily was able to get in with Normatech and fast forward almost 18, excuse me, eight years later. And here we are at Hyperice. So what did you run in, in track and field? I'm just curious. I say ran because I think it's the politically correct way to express how you do track and field, but I was very much a field athlete. I was a long jumper. The amount of running that I did was very limited. We're talking maybe hundred to 120 feet before you get to the board to jump into the pit. I was a one trick pony as they like to say, but was able to compete here in, in New England. And I, I loved it. I, I missed it. I loved watching the Olympics and now I still get to be involved in, in the sport in some way. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's funny you mentioned Normatech. Normatech for my track and field athletes was like crack for them. <laughs> they didn't have enough Normatech boots for demand. And I was working with like primarily like 400, 800 meter athletes and as well as like 1500 and some steeplechasers. And God, they love Normatech so much to a point where like I almost hated Normatech to a certain extent because all my athletes, it was like, that was the first thing they wanted to do before we did Omega Wave, before we did HRV or anything it was always like, let me get in the Normatech, let me get in the Normatech. So it was, uh, it was exciting, but also frustrating at the same time because I'd have three hours of athletes on Normatech. So cool. That's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about scaling high performance recovery and, and well-being. So with your back on our Hyperice, what do you think are the biggest considerations when scaling recovery and optimization in, in the workplace? And I say optimization in the workplace because obviously that's who Leon focuses on. But on the caveat that optimization or recovery with professional athletes is really no different, at least in my eyes, in the workplace. You're still dealing with sort of this like stress and recovery process. But how do you and how does Hyperice look at recovery and well-being in the workspace? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think to that end, the, the lines are really 
being blurred between professional athletes and what they're doing for performance and optimization and what the general enthusiasts or, or the masses are doing as well. And I think that goes for any organization, whether you're a pro sports team, a corporation, a military unit, a, a fitness class, whatever that may be. I think what we're looking at at high price is ways to perform optimally and keep our bodies and minds feeling at as close to 100% as possible. And obviously, as a company, we're very well known in the sports performance space for our partnerships with you know, organizations like the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, the Kansas City Chiefs, Seattle Seahawks, whatever it may be. So there is this sports performance connotation that's synced very closely to our brand. But I think what we've seen over the last couple of years, and even more so over these last 18 months, is COVID has acted as a catalyst as our products are really being needed and effectively utilized by everyday individuals just to help themselves move and feel better, get their mind right, get their bodies. And so when we're looking at, at an organizational level, what the, these companies and, and teams can be doing is almost more of a preventive nature in making this technology accessible in the physical form of the products, but also digitally, whether that's mindfulness, meditation classes, things of that nature to just help their assets, for lack of a better term, perform as optimally as possible. And I think that's what a lot of companies, if you look at, for example, Nike, their mantra internally is to be the healthiest company in the world. And I think if people were to see Nike employees using high-priced technology on site, that would make a lot of sense because they're a fitness-focused you know, focused company. They have a lot of high-level elite athletes on their roster, but not everybody at Nike is a sub-two-hour marathon runner. You've got people that are sitting behind a desk 8, 10, 12 hours a day, depending on the, the nature of their role. And they're just trying to make their bodies perform to the abilities that they need to do the task at hand. And so I think that's what a lot of, of companies are realizing now. It's because not doing anything for their employees simply isn't an option. And so it's now, what are we doing? What can we do? And I think that's really where Hyperice fit in, fits nicely into that fold. Right. That's a great point. One of the things that I like to bring up, especially we saw this working in sports, and obviously you saw this being an athlete. Is how how subjective recovery is, and and how subjective well being really is, right? A good example is and and this from being in track and field, your power athletes, your sprinters, your jumpers, your throwers, versus your steeplers or your marathoners. It's a total sort of different mindsets, total different sort of personality types. And I remember working with sprinters who, if you got them in a cold tub it would be like the worst experience in the whole entire world for them. It would not be recovery at all. It actually caused sometimes a, a negative response from a recovery standpoint. But then you'd have your milers or your 800 meter guys or, or girls who were just so used to being uncomfortable that a stressful sort of recovery stimulus was actually a positive effect for them. And, and the reason I bring that up is going to that point that well-being is not necessarily always about jumping on an app and meditating, right? That might not be the best thing for you or I, but doing some soft tissue therapy or doing some like active or dynamic recovery or, or something along those lines might be the best thing for my sort of personality type, almost to a point, my physiology and my biology. So it's one of these things, and this is what I love what you guys do is that you have the ability to take this 
holistic approach to like well-being and recovery, which not a lot of companies do. So can you expand on that a little bit about how employees are using some of the products and features that you guys have to drive recovery and drive optimization? Yeah, that's a great point. And just to dive a little bit deeper into our suite of, of products and curated technologies that we have, we have seven different product at product categories that span across, across a number of you know, different modalities that are all aimed to help you move and feel better, whether that's percussion, vibration, heat, contrast therapy, compression, and of course, our new mind technology division that has really, like you said, created this holistic option for people to gravitate towards depending on where they, you know, feel they need the most TLC whether that you know be somebody that's sitting down for a few hours a day and develops some sort of soreness or stiffness in their body they have access to this technology to use for a few minutes here and there in between meetings or during a break to just alleviate some of that stress help with the, their mobility or whatever that may be and then of course bringing the core product line which is our our new meditation trainer we have the ability to tap into the mental side of things. And I think that's what we realize as a company and something that we're hearing from a lot of our athletes is that the mental aspect of performance was almost as important as the physical training and recovery that they were doing. And what we're doing with Core is a um, handheld meditation trainer that vibrates and also takes into account biometric feedback delivered through an app. So it actually tracks your HRV and your heart rate while you're meditating. So it provides real-time data and feedback as to how, you know, focused you are during that meditation and being able to take breaks during the day before a big call at the end of the day. Because I think what a lot of people are looking at is everybody, everybody says they're stressed out and stress inherently, I think has this negative connotation to it, but stress isn't necessarily a bad thing. And I had a coach that said, he always said that if, if you're stressed out, that just means it's because you care. And I don't think it's, I think there's this negative connotation to it, but what we're seeing is stress, you know, snowballs into these other issues and, and may relate to this taboo word, which is burnout. And, and how are we really working to reduce that? And it's really by allowing these individuals to perform at their best by using this kind of technology to make themselves move and feel better and get their mind so that they're able to step away when they need to, so that they're able to look at these biomarkers, whether that be HRV, whether that be their heart rate, whether that be their soreness or some sort of you know, like tech neck that maybe they develop because they're tense and potentially even stressed out during these calls and how our technology fit into all of those aspects to really make them perform you know, at the most optimal level they can. No, thank you for that. This core product is really interesting, actually. And I love the idea of getting feedback while you're doing these type of things, because that's one of the hardest things for me. I know personally, when it comes down to either meditation or sort of mindfulness activities, it's I almost need a guide to a certain extent. And, and I don't necessarily mean the monk from Headspace telling me what to do, but this is really fantastic. But it's one of these things, and I think you touched on it a little bit, where high performance and well-being are, are, are very two different things to a certain extent. And high performance always has a cost, and that being an athlete right? Like you competing on a collegiate stage, stage or going to trials or something like that. There was a cost to doing that. 
from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint. I guess what I'm trying to say is that performing I, in a high performance environment, regardless if it's the tech company or on the pitch or on the field does have a cost. And I feel like as companies, we have a tendency to try to throw the, ba the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to like stress and resiliency. And I love that your product doesn't talk about and your brand doesn't talk about elimination. It more talks about mitigation and optimization. Does that make sense? And does that ring true from your product? Yeah. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, we went through this rebrand a few months ago and transitioned to a new brand motto, which is do what you love more. And really what that you know, signifies is that you know, our technology and our products um, enable these end users and individuals to really tap into everything that our bodies and minds are, are you know, capable of and not to have anything hold them back. And I'm a new dad myself. And I think in this as well, that those sleepless nights can really be taxing and they can really, you know, hinder your performance, whether that's in the workplace, as a husband, as a father. And so being able to take care of your body with access to these technologies, in addition to a number of other things. And we all know that like sleep and nutrition and, and things like that also play a huge role in you know, our health and well-being. But to be able to do what you love more, I think is really what we're getting at and not really trying to harp on what holds us down. It's, it's what we can do to pick ourselves back up. Yeah, that makes complete sense. There's in sports, and especially if you understood this at a sort of high level collegiate program, your coaches and your sports science team and all these other people, they were always implementing either taking data in or implementing practices all based around this idea that well-being and performance correlate very highly. And then if your, your athletes aren't well, ultimately they can't practice and they can't perform and, and whatnot. And, and, I, and I think that rings true within, within a company setting. But at Hyperice, have you guys looked at anything as far as either internal research or whatever have you to see how employee mental health and physical health does relate back to performance? And do you think companies are missing the mark when it comes down to having a conversation about well-being and how that matches with company growth? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the long and short of it is, yeah, I, I do think companies are missing a mark. And that's, that's the reason why, you know, Leon exists. And that's the reason why we're having this conversation is that we feel that there's an opportunity for employers and organizations to do better on behalf of their employees. And there's a huge, like you, I'm a huge data nerd. I love to look at analytics. And I think for companies that aren't doing it, even on a small scale with small internal teams to look at how people are you know, feeling and how that potentially affects their uh, you know, performance. I think it's a big misstep. And part of the reason at Hyperice, we went to professional athletes is we went to the peak of the human performance pyramid. And we said, okay, what do these individuals need to perform at their best? let alone the fact that their job, their day-to-day -day is to you know, perform athletically, whatever sport that may fall into. But if you look at the United States military, they're taking almost verbatim the, the page out of these pro sports teams books and saying, okay, 
we have a ton of attrition within the military because individuals are falling out of falling out due to musculoskeletal injuries, sprain and strain type of conditions and issues that are preventable. And it's costing ultimately us, the U.S. taxpayer, but the government a ton of money because these assets are underperforming. If corporations are to take that same approach and saying, okay, if we missed our goal, what are we doing to, and you can look at all of the internal factors for that, if there are employees not performing up to their standards. But I think ultimately, if you look at the the scale of things, and if you're underperforming as a company, what can you do? I think a lot of times it starts with well-being and how people are feeling, what's holding them back from performing at you know 100% or more. And for the companies that are doing well, I think you'll see that that are meeting goals, achieving goals, and exceeding goals. I think that you'll find that tipping scale where you get you know very close to whether it's burnout or, or stress or whatever it may be, I think that scale is still tipping in, in the favor of well-being for those high-performing organizations and the ones that are burnt out, underperforming and things like that. I think they've pushed too hard. And I think it's a, it's a scale that you really need to balance as, a, as an organization, as a management team. And I think that, like I said, the companies that are performing very well have really tapped into how to keep their employees feeling well, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, and being able to track that in some way so that they know where to insert themselves if something falls through. Yeah, no, and, and I agree. And much like in the military, it's it's really ends up being about control what you can control to a certain extent, right? And I think the military understands that you're not always going to be able to control the environment or control the enemy to a certain extent. But if you can control these variables, sleep or recovery or culture or whatnot, you sort of just give your, you give your team a better chance to win in the long run. Um, so that said, from a, a brass tax standpoint, like how does a company implement something like Hyperice and the products you guys have? So do you see that most of the time companies, like if they're in office are creating like recovery spaces for their team, do you find that companies are purchasing or offering some sort of subsidy option for their employees? How have you seen just Hyperice in general and most of your products implemented in the corporate space? It's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. And our business model really changed when COVID hit. Prior to COVID, we were very well integrated in a lot of the you know, Fortune 500 building fitness centers, if you will, just because that's a simple integration. You take a couple of the vibrating foam rollers, a couple of the you know, hypervolt massage guns, and you make them accessible within an on-site fitness center. And candidly, that's what we thought corporate wellness was. We thought, okay, we're doing corporate wellness. We have our technology you know, integrated into these companies. And when COVID hit, we took a step back and, and realized that there's that's such a small portion to what wellness is within an organization. And so we started to look at how do we make this technology more accessible? And a lot of companies out there are doing stipends for health and fitness you know, related products and services. So that's an easy integration point. A lot of times it's just simply making employers aware that this is a product that can you know, be useful and is highly desired, I think, by end users, by your employees. Holiday gift 
gifting is obviously very popular with this particular product come this time of year, because I think it, it checks a couple boxes. One, it checks the holiday gift box. Two, it's something that employees actually want and use. It's not another branded coffee mug or an e-gift card to one of their local stores or something of that nature. So it's a little bit unique in that sense. But definitely long term, as we get back into the office, there is this concept of a recovery room that, again, organizations and commercial real estate companies have taken right out of the professional sports teams. And that came about because mainly because it was a bandwidth issue within the sports medicine room. But individuals, meaning the players within the organization, were gravitating towards this technology. They weren't injured and they weren't going in there to work out. It was this concept of recovery and they were really just going to get their mind and body. And it became this concept that grew within the professional sports realm to the point where every team in the NBA, NFL, MLB had created these spaces for athletes to just take better care of themselves. And it wasn't necessarily immediately post-workout. It could have been on an off day. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot of these commercial real estate firms uh, build out to bring people back to the office, back to the building, is creating these amenities. And a lot of it is centered around hyperice. And a lot of that is you know, centered around the core product. It's not necessarily something where you need to take up 20 by 20 room with all these different modalities and fancy TVs and, and couches. It can be something as simple as just a chair, a yoga mat, and some modalities to help get your body. And I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of these forward-thinking companies is they recognize that a lot of these people have access to this technology at home. And when they come back to the workplace, they're going to need that. And it's something to bring them back as well. And it builds you know, and fosters a sense of community as well when people can do that together. And I think long-term, that's really where we see the most impactful integration are those physical spaces and where they exist. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And that's one of the things, and the reason obviously we're doing this podcast is we just launched you guys on, on the Leon Marketplace. And we love this concept of employees being able to access your brand and, and your products when they need it, but also the ability for either HR managers or business function leaders or whatnot, being able to access your products driven by data recommendations, right? Like seeing that a team is trending towards burnout or well-being is an issue and whatnot, and then being able to access your products directly through the Leon marketplace, it leans into this idea of knowing what your people need right when they need it. And I feel like companies, a lot of times, it unfortunately, is just guessing at these things. And if we could take this holistic sort of data-driven approach and bringing in top brands like you guys, it's really awesome just for employees in general, right? Because it does create an overall better experience for just work or the future of work, I guess you could say. So just to wrap this up, what's next? Any big plans for Hyperice in the future? And then what's the next big thing that Hyperice is going to put out? That's a great question. We just celebrated our uh, 10th anniversary as a company, which coincided with not only the brand launch, but the launch of our Hyperice X product, where the X stands for 10 years of innovation. And the X also being uh, the first electric contrast therapy product on the market, completely electric, hot and cold therapy, no water, ice, or heating pad needed. It's all done electric and via Bluetooth technology. So that innovation really marks 
the next decade of what hyperice is getting into. And I think, and you touched on it a bit with a lot of this curated content that's being delivered. Last year, we, we launched our HyperSmart technology, which is AI-focused app-based content where you're getting curated delivery of recovery protocols based on the technology you have and also uh, taking into account the wearable data that's synced in with the HyperSmart. So it could be an Apple Watch, Garmin, eventually some other fitness wearables out there. So we're getting pretty smart with those recommendations and being able to take into account things like sleep and HRV and your favorite workout and how you're feeling on a daily basis and being able to integrate recovery protocols based on what your exercises are and, and how you're feeling. That's the next step for Hyperice is really to dive deeper into that AI. How do we get smarter with those recommendations and then growing that on a global scale? I would say probably 75 to 80% of our business now, and that's probably underselling it, is domestic. And we're just looking to grow internationally and take that same uh, recipe and what we've done here. And I think the great thing about tapping into this workplace environment is that a lot of these companies are global. If you look at the Fortune 500, you know, the majority of them have offices globally and, and being able to tap into a lot of different cultural environments and, and find out what's working in, you know, the UK may be able to, you know, apply some of that stuff here in the US. So that's what we're really excited about is looking globally and being able to, you know, leverage a lot of these relationships to future innovation and technology in the Hyperize product roadmap. Yeah, I think you guys are definitely going in the right direction. Within sports or within Leon, it's always important to be able to give the right modality or the right stressor and non-stressor at the right time to the right team, to the right group of people. And I love that you guys are like removing the veil a little bit of like giving people exactly what they need when they need it, rather than just trying to rest on your laurels of having a, a foam roller or Normatec where you're fitting your product set into the needs of the individual, which is a really exciting concept. And I know teams and, and whatnot are going to absolutely love that. Brendan, thank you so much for your time. I, and I'm super looking forward to using your new core product. So hopefully I can get my hands on one soon. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate the time. Cool. Cheers, bye.